Hello everyone, my name is Tim Schwartz and I'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of Life After Blindness. If you have any questions or comments, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast with whichever app you use to listen to your favorite podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the website, lifeafterblindness.com, where you can subscribe. That way, you don't miss any of the accessible app or product reviews, blog posts about my experiences with blindness, tech tips, conversations with other people within the blind and visually impaired community, and so much more. As I said at the beginning of the show, this is a special episode of the Life After Blindness podcast. It's special because this week I'm going to be talking about Apple's most recent event that they held on September 10th with the launch of the new iPhone, iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max, as well as an update to the iPad, Apple TV Plus, and so much more. And for this conversation, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to get somebody on the show who hasn't been on in a while, but uh, everybody who's listened to the show in the past should know this gentleman. And if you don't, you should absolutely check out everything he does online with his website, podcast, and YouTube channel. And he's a photography buff, video guy, and big Apple fanboy, and just all around great guy. So I thought it'd be great to have him back on the show and talk about everything Apple. So without further ado, here is Derek Daniel from Life After Sight Loss. Derek, welcome to Life After Blindness. Hey, Tim. So glad to be back with you. I'm so glad to have you back. It's been quite a while, but uh, after both of us have taken a bit of a hiatus, we both coincidentally are getting back into the swing of things online. So I'm glad that we can line this up and have a good chat around Apple products. Absolutely. Always happy to talk about Apple and uh, thanks for the kick in the butt to get back and going. <laughs> well, that's what that's what friends are for. We just have to kick each other in the butt and make sure that we're we're both on our game. So yeah, I'm glad to have you here and be able to talk about everything Apple that was just announced, or at least um, some announcements, some conversations, things that we kind of knew were coming. So let's start with new products. That's not where they started necessarily. They spent quite a bit of the first probably half or so of the of the event talking about services, but I want to get to those later because I think for me at least those were more fun but i know for you being a photography guy and a video guy the new devices were probably a lot of fun so let's talk about the iphone 11 so basically iphone 11 the base model is replacing what was the 10r last year and then they had the iphone 11 pro and then a pro max which is basically the pro with a bigger screen and with each of these the 11 has two cameras now and then the Pro and Pro Max have three cameras. What do you think about this, Derek? Well, I am really excited about the uh, new cameras. And honestly, just as a side note, the iPhone 11, they dropped it down to $699. And I was like, what? That's that amazing. Was, uh, it's a shocker. Yeah, that was fantastic. So I'm probably going to get the iPhone 11. Uh, and I'll maybe talk why in, in a couple of minutes. But sure. the, the cameras, I've always wanted a wider angle on the camera on the iPhone uh, for just reasons like holding it out in front of me to do a vlog kind of video, uh, trying to get more in the picture when I'm standing somewhere. Like, you know, if you're at a birthday party and you're trying to get your kids in the picture, you got to step way back. Or, you know, I wanted that wider angle. And now both of the cameras, both the just sort of normal and the pro version, have that wider angle. And the way that they showed it is when you hold up the phone, it'll show you kind of the grayed out area that is the wider part. And you can just tap and it will you know, bring it out and bring that wider camera in. So that to me is really exciting. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of possibilities for the wider angles on all three of the versions of the iPhones. Yeah, I think that's right. And it was pointed out to me that the wider angle could actually be beneficial for people that use the popular IRA service because IRA uses a, a width or an angle of 120 degrees, I think I've heard. And this new camera with the iPhone 11, you should be able to get a larger area, as you said, with that wider angle lens. And that actually could be great when you're contacting a service like IRA or even Be My Eyes because they're going to see more of what's in front of you through the camera. So even if you're not a photo buff or a video buff and you're just contacting services like this as a blind and visually impaired person, getting more on the screen at once could be beneficial. 
Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how apps take advantage of the different cameras. Uh, they did a thing on stage with Filmic. Uh, Filmic Pro has a really fancy app on the iPhone. And on the iPhone 11 Pro, they were talking how they can use the three cameras for multi-angle shots. And they showed this screen where there was four different, uh, sort of like in a grid pattern. And you could pick the different cameras. And it was really neat. So it'll be interesting to see how apps such as Ira take advantage of the cameras Excuse me, because as you said, they do have that 120 degree view, and I think that's what the wide angle camera is on the iPhone. It's 120 degrees. So, yeah, that'll be a huge boon to a lot of uh, different apps and developers. Absolutely. That, that is definitely a positive here. A lot of people may say, well, you know, if I'm blind or visually impaired, what is the update to the you know the camera really going to bring to me or for me? And I think that might be exactly it. I mean, there's a lot of enthusiasts out there like yourself who have some vision left but but have lost vision as well that still like to use cameras for photography or video. And so I think there is a market there. But even for someone who isn't an enthusiast or doesn't have vision to do any of this uh, for whatever reason, yeah, I think certain apps like Ira, like Be My Eyes or others, having that ability to get extra information or extra views on the screen, for lack of a better, you know, more clever term, um, that, that, that can be very beneficial. So yeah, I am interested to see how that's going to work going forward with, with these new cameras. Now, the new cameras aren't the only thing going on with the new iPhones, although I'd argue they're probably the biggest update. What else about these new iPhones interested you, Derek? I would agree that the camera is probably the biggest thing on the iPhones. They spent the most time, both the normal iPhone 11 and the Pro versions, they spent a huge amount of time on the cameras and what the cameras can do. And deep fusion, they called it at one point, for this new fancy thing that takes nine pictures and brings it together. Uh, their new night mode where you can get better low-light pictures and I will say, if it turns out like they showed, they took this one picture in the dark and then the night mode picture, and it was drastically different. Um, and so if it turns out like it, they said it turns out, then yes, it will be great. Uh, but as far as the other things... Ah, I don't want to complain too much. I love Apple, but there just wasn't a lot of other grand features that made me be like, I got to get this phone. Now, I like the newest and latest and greatest, but... Um, I mean, the Pro versions have an OLED screen, which, if you have some usable vision, might be helpful to make things a little sharper, a little, you know, the blacker blacks and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the the way that it all works, it's got the same chip and all of it and that sort of thing. So I, I wasn't, like, overly impressed with the, the uh, features that they were promoting because, as a matter of fact... When the gal did the iPhone 11, she was like, and tons of other great features like new uh, face, updated face uh, ID and blah, blah, blah. You know, she almost spat it off these other things like, forget that. We got a great camera. <laughs> so it was kind right. of interesting because I just don't feel like this is a huge year for them, which historically you would think this year would be the huge year. And I agree the innovation wasn't, you know, grand. And they're like, oh, brand new design. I'm like, it's not really. But uh, I don't know. I, did you think there were a lot of other grand features of the phones that they, you know, talked about? Honestly, not really, to be very honest, at least not in a hardware sense, because, yes, the, the new camera and new cameras is uh, a big deal. It's a big upgrade. And they did spend so much time talking about the cameras, almost too much time, especially yeah. for somebody like me who has no vision at all. And I'm listening to this event going, really? Okay, another video to demonstrate the camera. Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, we'd you like know. to show you this video. Blah, blah. It's just like, what? Another, like, right. you're going to spend more time on the camera? Don't get me wrong, the camera seems great. And yeah, it's it does fantastic. seem like a, a huge upgrade to the camera. Right. But I'm like, this, you know, this is it. <laughs> it almost felt like an S year. And for people who don't know, when iPhone puts out a phone, the following year, when they put out a new new numbered phone, they do an S version, which is kind of a stepping stone version. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a minor upgrade. And last year was technically the S year. And right. so you would have thought this year would have been 
new cameras, but maybe even more, something bigger, something, well, innovative. And it just didn't feel like it was there this year. It felt like a stepping stone year. And I don't really honestly think I'm going to get into any of these phones. I know you teased earlier that you might be getting the iPhone 11 that was Mm -hmm. similar to last year's 10R. But for me, I currently am using a 7, the iPhone 7. It still has Touch ID, and I love Touch ID. Face ID is fine. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But I really like the the functionality of Touch ID. I like to be able to reach in my pocket and unlock my phone or 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 use it for purchases or what have you without pulling my phone out because I can just reach in my pocket, put my thumb on it, and I'm good mm-hmm. because I always almost always have a Bluetooth in my ear, so I'm hearing voiceover that way. So mm-hmm. it, it just is handy. It's easy, and without Touch ID on this year's phone, of course. I don't know that there's another reason for me to upgrade because I'm not as into photography and video. I mean, I do do some or am doing some video, but not enough that I would want this type of phone for. I'm willing to wait till next year because the rumor is that they might be bringing Touch ID back for next year or maybe the following year's phone. If I upgrade at all, it might be, I hate to say, an iPhone 8 Maybe the 10R, but it doesn't have Touch ID. iPhone 8 is the last one that had Touch ID. So mm-hmm. if I did upgrade it all for my 7, it's not much of an upgrade, but it might be to the 8. Because really, like we were saying, there really didn't seem to be a lot of other hardware updates. Of course, there is the faster processor. There always is a better processor. The battery life of each of these phones was better, and that was actually pretty good as far as specs goes on the 11 you get about an hour more battery life on the uh the 11 pro i think it was like four more hours and the pro max was like five more hours over last year's phones Mm -hmm. that's pretty significant that's a big deal but still uh, because i use screen curtain on my phone so my screen is never on so that helps save my battery so again for my use case this year just doesn't seem like an upgrade year for me personally I agree. And I think it's, I don't know if it's the overarching sense of where technology is right now. I don't know if it's an Apple thing. I'm not sure. But it seems like for the past maybe five to six years, we've kind of hit this spot. So when the 6 came out, there was a big design change with that. And it was like, oh, okay, this is a big deal. A big Well, then you had the 6S and then you had the 7 and even the 8, they're all pretty similar. You know, they look similar. They have similar specs, that sort of thing. I'm currently using an 8 Plus, And, you know, the specs are pretty similar. Then you had the 10, and that changed the design and gave you Face ID. But again, some of the innovation wasn't, you know, huge. And then, again, now we're looking at sort of similar specs, similar uh, other than, you know, new processors, new batteries, that sort of thing, similar design and so forth. And so I don't know if it's a view of technology in general. I think until it, like, does something amazing, like cooks you breakfast or creates a hologram out of the front of the <laughs> phone, I, I don't think anybody's going to be like, whoa. I mean, because I remember back with the 4S when Siri became part of the phone. It was this feature that, oh, my gosh, wow, this is amazing. It's going to be on this phone. And then yep. Touch ID came to, I, I believe, the 5 and or maybe the 5s and uh you know with the the change and then the screen getting bigger on the 5 and screen getting bigger on the 6 and things like that there were some significant things but i don't know it just doesn't seem unless they do something dramatic you know i, I just uh, maybe i'm unimpressed maybe i'm hard to i don't know if it's me or if it's others but it's just one of those things where i'm like you know what i've had no real problems with the processor on my 8 plus my battery life on certain days it's not great but you know most days it's fine and uh while i don't necessarily need to upgrade i think i will upgrade to the 11 because of that wider camera and i think that is the selling point for me plus it's a lot cheaper and I just don't feel like the Pro offers me anything more. That third camera is a telephoto lens, which I can get closer on things, but I don't really feel like I need that. And so I can get a much cheaper phone, keep on with the upgrade lifestyle that we all live, apparently, and uh, you know have that wider angle lens. And you know maybe that's just a rant from my point of view, but I think innovation is just somewhat at a stalemate as we're waiting for new and great, like boom technology to really hit. Exactly. And that's what I was really hoping for out of this year's event. 
And like I said before, it just wasn't there. But as you alluded to, the prices are really good considering we were expecting prices to be maybe even higher this year than they have been in previous years. So anybody out there that is interested in the new line of iPhones, the iPhone 11, the 11, the base model they're saying is 699, which is about $50 or so less than what the 10R launched at last year, I believe. So 699 for that. The 11 Pro is $999 and the 11 Pro Max only $100 more at $1,099. Now, of course, these are starting prices. If you want more memory, uh, you know, in the, in the hard drive of the phone, then you're obviously going to pay more. But for base prices, I didn't think that was really too bad. And because you can trade in your older devices for cash and put it towards a new device, that's a big selling point as well, which is what I which is why I'm thinking about trading in my iPhone 7. And even though I'm only going to maybe go to the 8, it's still a good trade-off for me because I've already replaced the battery once in my iPhone 7. Mm -hmm. It's getting a little sluggish. It's starting to show its age a little bit. And the iPhone 8, a brand new one out of the box, would be fantastic, like I said, with Touch ID. And it, it is an incremental update, but... It would be so inexpensive now because the prices, of course, of older products go down when the newer ones come out. Mm -hmm. And if I can get a little bit of money back towards my iPhone 7, that makes it even cheaper. And that that really makes it a great deal because if I am going to upgrade, say, next year or the year after, if the rumor is true that they're going to bring back Touch ID, where Touch ID will be available all over the screen is the rumor, similar to some of the uh, Android phones out there, right. where no matter where you put your finger down, it will use Touch ID. If that were to happen in the next year or two, that would be the phone I'd really want to have, uh, especially with some of the other technology that might be coming with that. So I, I may just, like I said, I may just do that. Uh, a couple other features, they did mention that the water resistance of the iPhone 11s is better and that the phones will have wireless charging. But like you said, the lady just kind of skimmed over that. It was, okay, photos, videos. Oh, and here's a couple other things that it does. We'll tell you more about that later. Yeah. So if you weren't paying attention, you didn't hear that the water resistancy was better and uh, all these other great things. So yeah, if, if you blinked, you missed it kind of thing. But but it is there. So I mean, there are, there are some upgrades, but that's simply what it is. It's just a new phone that's just a little bit better than last year's phone, uh, minus, obviously, the much, much better cameras. So, Derek, each year this is predominantly an iPhone event, but they did talk about some other hardware that they have coming out. And one of those things is a new iPad, or, well, really more of a upgraded version of the iPad they brought out last spring, the one that they announced in Chicago that was really kind of an educational directed iPad, I would say, because it came in at $329 and it's not, you know, big, fancy and all that kind of thing for an iPad. However, for an entry-level iPad, it's really actually kind of nice. We have one here. Uh, I purchased it last Christmas when it went on sale for my family, and we love it. For, for a $329 iPad, it works really, really well, does everything that we need it to do without having to have spent probably double or more on on the other iPads that have been that have been out there. And so they refreshed that particular brand with a little bit faster, a little bit bigger screen iPad. Yeah, it was interesting. I saw that and it's got a 10.2 inch screen now, which I don't really think the uh, hardware is any bigger. I think they just probably pushed the screen a little farther. Um, you can use the Apple Pencil and it's got uh, full keyboard access or something. I'm not sure exactly what that is. Basically, it's a, a refresh of the iPad from last year, as you said. Uh, it starts at 329 and if it's for educational purposes, something students, uh, it's like 299 So I'm like, wow, that's great. Um, and, and I like this. I use the iPad Pro. I use the 12.9-inch uh, version just because, I don't know, I love a huge screen, uh, which, as a side note, is why I would like the 6.5-inch iPhone 11 Pro Max which sure. is a mouthful, but um, but for uh, the normal person who isn't a you know goof like me who likes the huge screen, then <laughs> like for example, my mom who is older, we got her an iPad a couple of years ago, and she loves it. She doesn't go anywhere without it. She just like is drawn to this iPad. She just oh, it's her whole life. She loves it, and so we had to get her a new one. Um, I think it was last year. And we got her that refreshed one, and she's it's great iPad. Not only is it a good iPad for her, but it's it's just a really good iPad. 
And so for people like that, this refresh, even using the Apple Pencil, which maybe they're not going to use it for, quote, productivity, but for drawing and writing and stuff like that, it'll be really neat. I think it's a really good way to market the iPad. Yeah, they've got the iPad Pro and, uh, you know, the new version has the USB-C and it's getting even better and blah, blah, blah. But leaving a lot of their customers behind would be bad. So they're really pushing that kind of customer-friendly version, that that average person, which I hate to use that word, but, you know, that average consumer. Um, that I think the iPad is a really, really great tool to use, and this refresh is a really good one. And that's exactly why I bring it up, because really there wasn't anything about the, the refresh or update to the iPad that would make you think, oh, this is great for the blind and visually impaired. And, and of course, that's where we want to direct a lot of our thoughts today. That said... With a little bit bigger screen, people that have some vision or low, you know, low vision, a bigger screen is always very helpful. And of course, we know about the accessibility that's built into an iPad. But the price point, I think that was really the, the biggest reason why I wanted to talk about the iPad because 329 to get you into an iPad. And like you said, and I was mentioning before, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. You think, well, 329 it's not going to be nearly as good as the Pro, and it, and it probably isn't, but for everyday use for what you need it for, especially for students or someone that's older that just wants to have an iPad to do some basic things on it, or just somebody who's on a budget who doesn't have six, $700 or more to spend, and they just want to have an iPad, they want that service space, they want to be able to, to use everything that the iPad offers, $329 to get into the iPad is a really great price. So that's a lot more the reason I wanted to bring it up because mm-hmm. people that are on a budget, people that are on a fixed income, $329 still can be a lot of money, but it's a heck of a lot easier, more affordable than maybe the iPad Pro. So I really like that they are directing this iPad towards you know not just people uh, that are students, but people maybe with a lower fixed income. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's one of the complaints uh, people have against Apple is their stuff's so expensive and, you know, what are you getting for your money? But I think at this price point and the iPad, we know it's very accessible and you can do a ton of things with it. I think your money is going a lot farther with this uh, iPad because not only is it super accessible, but it's a really good iPad and it's going to last you for quite some time. And you're going to be able to do all the things you want to do. So when you're investing your money into that, when you're paying that Apple tax, if you will, it's not quite the same as, you know, when you had to pay upwards of 400 some odd dollars for the iPad version 4 or generation, you know, the fourth generation. That just wasn't near what the new generations are. And I think it's such a great time to get an iPad, especially if you have, you know, a fixed income or if you're on a budget, something like that. That price point is going to be so helpful, not only just for the price itself, but for what you're getting and what you can use it for in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Now, along those lines, they did have more hardware that they announced, which I was actually kind of surprised because I didn't think that they were going to bring out a new Apple Watch. Some of the rumors were they weren't, but then at the last minute, some of the rumors said they were. So you just never know until, of course, they get on stage. And they did announce a new Apple Watch Series 5. Now, I currently have the Series 4, and I'm absolutely just over the moon about it. I love my Series 4. With the Series 5, I was really looking forward to possible sleep tracking, uh, maybe you know, a couple of other things with the battery, uh, you know, some other announcements that, that had been rumored to be out there. And none of that happened. There wasn't even blood pressure monitoring, which they had, they had rumored to, to be coming out with this new Series 5. Really, it's, it is a better battery. It's got an 18-hour uh, expected battery, so you can get pretty much all day, maybe even to the next day, but no sleep tracking, no other additional feature. There is for uh, women who would like to track their cycles. There will be a cycle tracker, but that's in Watch OS 6, not just the Series 5, so that can be on, on any watch running Watch OS 6. But really, other than the Compass, which they have built in now with its own Compass app, and uh, you can obviously track then your elevation if you're hiking or things like that, that that's beneficial. And that's nice. But personally, hardware-wise, I didn't really feel like there was much new about Apple Watch either. What do you think, Derek? I agree. I don't know why they released this Series 5. Uh, the promotion on stage seemed to be a lot of oh, this watch can tell time and do this and do this and do this. I'm like, you're just advertising the watch. Like, you're not advertising the Series 5 necessarily. Right. So I was kind of like, yeah, my watch does all that. 
Um, now, granted, I'm using the Series 3, which mm-hmm. I'm still enjoying. It's doing great for me. My wife and I both use the Series 3, um, you know, and track each other's uh, workouts and such. And so that's been really beneficial. But I just don't, I'm like, why? Was What, what was the point of this? Um, I mean, hopefully the Series 4 will drop in price now. So that would be nice. Um, and I think if you, you have mentioned using the series four, I think if that's the case, if it drops, now's the time to get a series four for sure, because it probably does, you know, everything. And I don't even have an issue with my battery life again, using the series three. Um, I don't feel like, you know, I think the series four has the different ability to, and correct me if I'm wrong, has the ability something with EKG or something like that? Is that yes, it does. Yeah, it's got the ability to do an EKG along with your heart monitoring. So uh, the digital crown on the side, you put your finger on that and open up the uh, well, open up the EKG app first. Put your finger on it, and yes, it will track to see if uh, if there's any issues with with your heart rate itself, which. Being in Series 4, that, that really doesn't change in Series 5. And, and like right. I said, there was no other major update as far as that goes, as far as health benefits goes. The one thing that they did add, which I know a lot of people with vision are excited about, a lot of people have been asking for, is that you have the opportunity now to have an always-on display. So instead of having to tap or having to raise your wrist to see the time visually on the screen, it will be kind of a dimmed screen where you can still see the time no matter where your wrist is. You can glance down and see the time because it's always on. They have done some things with the battery underneath the hood to to kind of work that out to make that that work with the series five but other than that it it really doesn't have anything else major to offer and i know that's a big deal to people that have some vision because they want to be able to just glance at their watch and see the time like any other well any other watch um so i know that that makes sense but for for somebody like me i don't know about you derek but i i just have my screen curtain on on my watch as well just like my phone and i tap it to hear the time and I'm good with that. I had wrist raise turned on for a while, but every time I put my arm slightly up in the air at all, yep. the watch would talk to me and tell me the time. And that <laughs> just got too annoying. I'd be I washing agree. my hands or just raise my arm a little bit and it would tell me the time. And that just, no, I, I can't deal with that. So I don't have that turned on, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, for me, an always on display isn't a big deal. No other health change or upgrade here. So yeah, other than what you mentioned, the price point, that could be a big deal because the new Series 5 starts at $399 just like they always do. However, they're still supporting the Series 3, and you can get into the Series 3 at $200, $199. That's, gosh. of course, for a non-cellular, mm-hmm. the smaller you know version, not the larger screen, the smaller of the two screens. Mm-hmm. But still, $200 for a Series 3 that's fantastic and just goes up from there to get you know either the bigger screen or cellular version and of course the series four uh drops about a hundred dollars in price as well and so for me again like with the ipad that's the big selling point here my wife actually for years has said she's okay with having a fitbit but maybe not necessarily an apple watch it was just too expensive for her and once this was announced the other day she said you know I might just have to get me a Series 3 because $200 sounds much, much better to me mm-hmm. than four or $500. So that's really, I think, the big point here is that people like my wife who didn't want to spend a lot more money on, a, on an Apple Watch because they were just happy using a Fitbit now can say, well, for $200 or $300, I'll get a 3 or a 4 because the Series 5 doesn't offer much more for me anyway. I'm happy just to get one of those other two uh, models because they're going to do everything I need them to do, and I'm going to spend a lot less money. Absolutely. I think that, um, and speaking as someone who uses a Series 3, and both me and my wife use the Series 3, we've had no lag, the battery life is fine, all the stuff we do is I've had no problems. So I'm sure that getting in on a Series 3 right now at that price point, that is awesome. Because let's face it, the Apple Watch is a fancy iPhone accessory to a certain degree. Um, do I like it? Yes. Do I use it every day? Absolutely. Uh, but spending, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars on an Apple Watch, it's like, oh, I just don't know. But man, if you can get it at that price point, that's so much uh, easier to swallow, if you will. Uh, and so I think yeah, that's a, that's a great thing, a great thing to have. And uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing they really announced with the Apple Watch was the ability to 
choose the band you want with your Apple Watch. I think they call it like the Apple Watch Studio or whatever. Instead yeah. of like, okay, you get the silver one and you get a gray band and that's all you can get. Because I wanted a different color band last year or whenever I bought it. So I had to get a different color thing, which is fine. I like the silver one just fine. I don't really care. But now you can go in and pick the face and pick the uh, band, which probably they should have been doing from the beginning but oh yes, well. they should. So, <laughs> oh well, that's what Apple does. So, uh, but that's the only other real thing. I, I, it's really like Apple Watch 4.5. That's really kind of what it is. Um, but hey, if you can get in on a three or a four at that cheaper price, now's the time to do it. Exactly right. Yeah, and that's how I feel about both the iPhone and the Apple Watch this year. Maybe even that that new iPad to a certain extent as well. They are kind of a 0.5 upgrade. I think if I had to explain the hardware announcements in this event in, in one sentence, that would be it exactly, is that they're kind of a 0.5 upgrade across the board for hardware. Now, of course, you can make the argument that the the, the new cameras in the iPhone 11 make it a bit bigger of an upgrade because those are fantastic cameras. However, as much of an Apple fanboy as I am, I, I hate to say this, they're not the first phone for smartphone to put in additional cameras like this with these type of features. So it's not like this is brand new on the market. They might do it you know, better, possibly. It could be argued that maybe it's going to be better or whatever, but either way, it's not innovative. So yeah, this is definitely kind of a, a, a stepping stone year for all these products. But again, as we've mentioned, the price points of these products as, as new introductory products or the price drops on previous year's uh, products, I think really makes a compelling argument to get into the Apple ecosystem at this point, especially, you know, $200 watch, and then getting into, say, an iPhone 8, which I believe now is $449 as a, as a starting price. So really, you can't beat that if you're upgrading from an old uh, phone or an old watch to a new one. And of course, as I mentioned before, you get that trade-in value for the product you had before. So if you, say, want to get an iPhone 8 at $449, but you're trading in, say, a 6S or a 7, then maybe they'll give you $50 or $100 for. Well, then your $450 phone just became you know, 350 or $400. So I think that that's really a great way to look at a stepping stone year, a 0.5 year like this. Yeah. And, and when people ask me, cause I mean, all the time when pe somebody's losing their sight, they want to know what phone should I get? Should I get an Android? Should I get an Apple? I mean, that's one of the classic questions that people ask, you know, which one's better, which one's more accessible, blah, blah, blah. And you could talk for days about that. But yeah. if I was going to recommend an iPhone, it's a little bit easier to recommend it now because of the price point that things are at, especially like the 8, like you mentioned. It's going to be a much easier pill to swallow to get into that Apple ecosystem than you know, with a watch and an iPad and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I always recommend an iPhone, not because I think it's better than an Android. Well, I guess I do think it's better. But <laughs> but because I feel like it, it the learning curve is, is a little bit different. They've been doing accessibility better a lot longer and stuff like that. So I would recommend that, you know, with the caveat of, hey, whatever you're using, what's, if it works for you, go for it. But now at the price point, I think it's a lot easier to get into that ecosystem, as you mentioned, and to have those great accessibility features that Apple's known for. Very well said. I completely agree. Now, for the rest of this Apple event, really, to me, the bigger things to mention weren't hardware related. It was more along the software lines. And the first thing that they mentioned right off the top was Apple Arcade. I don't know that we can really spend a lot of time talking about this because, honestly, for people that are blind or visually impaired, if you have limited or no vision, I don't know if this is going to really be beneficial at all because we don't know yet if there's going to be any audio type games or if there's going to be any games that are accessible with voiceover. We just don't know that quite yet. That's that's not really been talked about and it probably won't be until it actually goes live and we can get our hands on it and take a look at some of the games. Now, if you have some functional vision or are sighted, this might be something that you'll be interested in. So you can get into Apple Arcade and $4.99 a month that will get you access to off the bat about 100 or more uh, games that will be available in the App Store that you can play endlessly for free. No in-app purchases, no upgrades. You pay 5 bucks a month and you get access to those games and they're going to continue to build that library over time. As a person who's loved games since I was a little kid. I've always been a big gamer. Even as a blind person, I love to try to find games that are accessible that I can enjoy and, and have fun with. 
But again, I don't know yet if this is going to be something I can use. Now, Derek, I know you have some usable vision. Is, is Apple Arcade anything that you'd be interested in? You know, I've tried a lot of mobile games, and I just haven't found that any of them are super usable for me. Um, you know, a lot of them have graphics that move really fast and, you know, buttons that I can't find and stuff like that. So it's probably not a product uh, that I would necessarily use, although I think it's a great product. Five bucks a month playing all hundreds of uh, games endlessly sounds like a fantastic way to spend five bucks a month. So, uh, absolutely, you know, I think it's a good deal, just maybe not for somebody who's got uh, vision problems. Yeah, if I had my site back or had some usable site for $5 a month, yeah, I would sign up for this in a heartbeat. This would be fantastic because I remember the days, and I know you do too, Derek, of spending 50 or $60 for one game for your console you know, gaming system, and that was it. You know, 50 $60, bucks and, and you were one game down for $5 a month. That's incredible to get unlimited access. And games are getting better. You're right that a lot of these mobile games aren't the best quality graphics. They're very sim- uh, very simple when it comes to gameplay. However, some of the games that they demonstrated at this year's event were pretty advanced and pretty in-depth. They're trying to push it as if it was console quality. Uh, <laughs> truth still remains to be seen on that one. <laughs> so we'll see how that works when this is launched on September 19th. But... That said, if they can pull that off and have console quality gaming, and and the key there is console quality because this is also going to be something available on Apple TV. And with the announcements earlier this year that you can use Xbox One and PlayStation controllers with your Apple TV, in addition to other Apple TV compatible game controllers, we actually have one here that my daughter uses and she loves it, works really well with a lot of different games on Apple TV. That could be where this could be a bigger benefit, not just your iPad or your iPhone, where mobile gaming, like you said, isn't always the best experience but if you can really get into some great games graphically and and all that on the apple tv with a gaming controller that could almost make a big difference and for five dollars a month again if i had vision and people that i know that are gamers that have vision that that could be a big deal especially at that price point yeah it really uh, remains to be seen how uh you know how much of these hundred games are going to be really, really good? Are some of them just junk they threw in there to make up to hundred? You know, like it'll, it <laughs> right. really remains to be seen. But I do agree with you. I think on that Apple TV point, uh, I think that'll be a huge part where it's like, hey, you know, we've got a, a big TV in the living room and we can play these games together. Oh, let's switch games and play this other game. It's it's kind of like uh, my wife and I bought this um, Nintendo, a fake Nintendo looking thing that's got a bunch of Nintendo games built into it. And oh, so yeah. you can you can play Super Mario Brothers one two three all you know all the different ones and uh, just a Double Dragon and all these other things. And oh, so you're taking me back. <laughs> I know it's it's pretty cool. Um, I play just as a side note playing is like these graphics are awful, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But you can just switch you know back and forth. And so with something like that, you know, you can just switch and play. Oh, let's play this for a while. Let's play this for a while, and to see how it, how it will integrate with the mobile devices. I think it'll be really neat. Again, for people with uh, vision impairments, I don't know how beneficial it will be, but uh, I don't know. Maybe on a big screen with the Apple TV? Maybe. Maybe if you've got some usable vision, it might work out, and uh, maybe it's worth giving a shot. I mean, I'm willing to put down $5 to give it a shot and see uh, how well I can use it. Well, that's the thing right there is that it very possibly could be something great, could very possibly be something awful, but for $5 to give it a try why not? I think that that's that's a great and fair price point. Speaking of that being a fair price point, something that shocked me, absolutely shocked me at this event, although in hindsight, it makes perfect sense, was when they talked more about the Apple TV Plus service. They announced this earlier this year. We kind of knew it was coming, but they announced it earlier this year with a couple of trailers for new shows and things that they're going to be putting out, talking about the people that are involved. They have uh, producers like Steven Spielberg, M. Night Shyamalan, actors and actresses like Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. Actually, they're all in one show together, uh, for that matter. They have a show that we can talk a little bit more about here in a moment called C which is I almost want to say maybe a dystopian future kind of a show, maybe a Game of Thrones kind of show Mm -hmm. where everybody is blind and they don't know what it's like to have vision because vision is a myth. And two children are born with vision 
And well, what do you do now? Are these yeah. is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? So they they did mention that as well. The the big news here, I thought, at least as far as what they announced at the event, is that Apple TV Plus will be four ninety nine a month, just like Apple Arcade. Yeah, I was four. I was like four ninety nine. Really trying to undercut that Disney streaming service. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, they uh, definitely undercut Netflix, and and still even found a way to undercut Disney. Yeah, which there's uh, just as a side note from a Disney fan, I don't think there's any way anybody's going to be Disney streaming service. They've got like ninety years no. of content to pull from. We've already Marvel signed up for that service when they did the early sign in for Labor Day weekend. We've oh, already signed yeah. up. You get you get three years for the price of two. Uh, Holy so moly! We, that's we jumped awesome. all over that deal. So yeah, it's not even out yet, and I'm already subscribing. So yeah, I don't think anybody's going to beat Disney. But at five dollars a month, even though it's going to be all Apple originals, and that is the caveat here. They're not going to have, say, access to the iTunes library of TV shows and movies, right. which would be fantastic, but they don't have those partnerships. And heck, at this point, even Netflix is losing all those partnerships I because agree. of all these separate apps like Disney mm -hmm. and Hulu and things. But if their original content is good enough, and if they get, or if they continue to get these these well known actors and producers and directors, and they've put in, rumor has it, over six billion dollars into TV Plus for four ninety nine a month. If the content is good, if their original programming is good, for five dollars a month, that's that's really not bad. Yeah, I think you're going to have a ton of signups for this at first. And it, what will really be interesting is to see, and since we're talking about blind people, to see how many of these shows are audio described. I would assume all of them because, you know, Apple's big on accessibility. Let's keep our fingers crossed. But especially that C show, which sounds really interesting. Um, you know, the Jennifer Aniston one where I think they're mourning news people or morning talk show the morning show yeah it's like a yeah. morning talk show like today's show or good morning america yep yeah that looks interesting i like all those actors and actresses so i think it'll be interesting and again at that five dollar price point why wouldn't you you're like yeah i'll, I'll try this out see what happens here you know adding five dollars to your monthly budget doesn't seem like a huge deal adding twelve dollars uh, now you're starting to wonder and think about it. But $5, yep. like, yeah, I'll try that out. So, yeah, I think it's a great price point. And, yeah, it, it is only Apple Originals, but I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. And so, well, why not? I'll pay $5 to watch something new, you know, and, and try it out. Absolutely. And the key thing here is what you were talking about before, for me, is accessibility because we know that TV Plus, like News Plus before it, is supposed to be just another tab in the TV app that's already available on Apple devices. So when they announce News Plus, it's just now a tab in the News app. You go in there for the subscriptions that you may have. So you go in there to get your magazines and newspapers. TV Plus should work the same way, where in the TV app that already exists, which we know is accessible with voiceover, you just tap on TV Plus, you go in and get that original content, and there you go. So it should be accessible right on the first day of launch. And I can tell you that uh, you were talking about audio description before. I actually was able to get some information from Apple's press department. They say that every single TV show or movie or and movie from launch and going forward will all have audio description. Not only will they all be audio described from the beginning, but they, because Apple TV Plus is going to be available in 150 different countries, they will have audio description in up to eight different languages. Wow. So that to me is very important. Not only do they have this interesting show about people that are blind, which I still don't know how I feel about that one yet, but uh, the, we know that it's going to be accessible right out of the box and we know that there will be audio description right off the bat with every single show, eight different languages. To me, as a blind person, that's big news. I think that's the reason that so many blind and visually impaired people use Apple. It's not just because their products are accessible, which they are, um, and it's not perfect. No, no accessibility thing is perfect, but their products are really accessible. But it seems like they take accessibility very seriously. You know, the fact that they're putting out this information, the fact that, you know, every show is going to be audio described and every show is going to be audio described in eight different languages. I mean, you know, that's just not something every company is focused on. No, they're not even no paying attention that. to that. And so that to me is like, well, I'll give money to them because they're focused on something that is going to benefit me. And so I think that's a huge deal. So, yeah, give me 
give me my $5, I'll give it to you, and, and we'll see what these shows are all about. Exactly. Now, a couple other key points about this that uh, I thought were interesting. They didn't mention any kind of bundle. So if you wanted to get, say, Apple Arcade plus TV plus, maybe even News Plus, uh, Apple Music, bundle all that together for, for one price with a discount, you know, maybe five bucks off or something. They didn't say anything like that, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happened going forward. I already subscribed to the family version of Apple Music. We uh, had Apple News Plus for a while. We'll probably sign back up uh, with that soon because we did like it when we were trying it out. Uh, Apple Arcade, I don't know, like I said, that we'll really use that, but at TV Plus I would use. So even if you use three of the four, if you could get some sort of bundle discount, that would be fantastic, but nothing on that. However, they did say with the purchase of any new Apple device going forward, really anything that's not an Apple Watch, so anything you could watch TV Plus on, so a new Mac, an iPad, an iPhone, Apple TV, you'll get a free year of Apple TV Plus. So just purchase a brand new product and you're going to get a year's worth of Apple TV for free. You don't even have to pay $5 a month. So that I thought was really intriguing as well because that's another way to get eyes on their product and get people brought into it because then when that year's up, even if they don't buy a new product to get another year, say you've got your, your iPhone for a couple of years, two, three years, well, you may just be willing to keep spending $5 a month or not keep spending, but spend $5 a month because you've enjoyed the product that you've used up until that for the free year. So I think that's really, really smart on their part, their part to do that. Oh, yeah. You've locked them into 12 months worth of content and they're like, oh, I love this. And it's like, well, I'm halfway through this second season of something. I can't give this up now. So, you know, I got to pay that $5. And then it's just like with anything else, Netflix, Hulu, it just starts rolling over and, you know, they like, well, we're upping our prices by a dollar. Oh, it's only a dollar. By two, oh, it's only two. You know, all of a sudden you're just locked into it because you're watching content. And, and really, we've changed the way we connect with content. Uh, you know, it's no longer that one episode every week or whatever. We binge watch these TV shows like Stranger Things, for example. Uh, when it came out back in July, I mean, my son and I were like super excited. I mean, we were like, panicking like oh it's coming out we gotta watch it you know we were just so excited we're locked into that if my netflix had run out halfway through me watching that season i would have been like i don't care i gotta pay for the next month because i gotta finish the season (laughs) so you know i think i think that's what the the content um that's how we watch content now and that's how we get engaged with it and so yeah i think that's a great great idea because a lot of people are going to be buying a lot of products this time of year with the new hardware that's coming out so they're going to be giving a lot of um you know years worth of of apple tv plus but i think it's such a great uh, marketing strategy because it's like oh yeah well you're locked in you know to this year and once you get locked into those shows will you really want to give them up no, probably not. You'll you'll be getting addicted to those shows. Uh, at least Apple's hoping that you will. And and if they are putting out a good product that that you want to continue watching uh, each and every week or every month as they put it out, yeah, you're going to say, you know what? I've enjoyed this for twelve months. I'll give them five bucks a month. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a really smart move. And you mentioned earlier uh, season three of Stranger Things coming out. Please tell me that I'm not the only person of a certain age who completely geeked out when they were singing the theme song to The NeverEnding Story. Oh, my gosh. When they sang the theme to NeverEnding Story in a couple of those episodes, I was totally geeking out. I have to admit, I was even singing along. Couldn't believe I remembered all the words, but one of my absolute favorite movies from the 80s, but that's just you know dating myself. Oh, my gosh. My son, who was 13, had no idea. He was laughing just because, you know, they were singing and it was the goofy nerds or whatever. But I was like, this is never an story. Like, I was freaking this out. This is awesome. You know? was, it was great. And then yeah, I my- think I went about and watched videos on YouTube and, and whatnot. But, yeah, it was it was great. The only thing I could do without is New Coke, but that's a whole other conversation. New Coke. I loved oh. all those little things. New Coke is awful. But it was yeah, just yes. like, yeah, put that in there. That's It was a bad time of, of life, but <laughs> it's important to remember. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so that's Apple TV plus uh, all the great things that they're doing with that. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with it because, of course, it's a brand new streaming service. Yes, it is only five dollars a month, so it's not a lot invested here to find out if it's going to be good. But the fact that it's going to be all audio described and accessible right off the bat is going to make me want to get into it, like you said, and I'm going to give it a try. I'll give it a chance. Right now, there's not a lot of trailers out there for content. I mean, they have a handful of shows. I'm sure there'll be a lot more than what they've told us about, but the things they've told us about, 
I, I'm generally interested in. I, I know my wife is looking forward to Snoopy in space, so I think she's uh, going to be interested in watching that show, whatever that's going to be. Poor Snoopy launched up into the space. Um, but uh, really, I want to talk more about this show called C. Now, we don't know a whole lot about it yet. We, we've seen the preview. I've read a little bit about it. I, I gave kind of a, a brief synopsis of it earlier, and I'm hoping on a later episode of Life After Blindness to actually get somebody on the show who I know was one of the consultants that Tim Cook talked about where he said they've really worked hard at talking to people and, and hiring people that were blind or visually impaired to work on this show. Do you, do you have any thoughts about this, Derek, about what this show is going to be and what it can mean as far as portraying people that are blind? Yeah, I'm not really sure. It, it is definitely one of those, it remains to be seen, but it's such an interesting concept that the whole world is in, you know, like, everybody's blind and so it's that when everybody's blind nobody's blind you know that kind of thing like this is just how everybody is it's just just is yeah yeah and so to have the people born with vision and so forth like they're the weirdos now like how do they function because society will have now shifted and so being having vision means you know something weird instead of not having vision and so it'll be an interesting dynamic i know recently the the show that came out i think on the cw um something about in the dark i think it was called uh and she had a guide dog and it was i watched an episode it was very odd and i don't think portrayed blindness and especially having a guide dog now it didn't portray guide dogs uh, you know using a guide dog in a very positive light and so i think anytime you go down a path where there's sort of a really strong niche uh whatever it, it may be it's always a challenge to get it right and to do it well I think the advantage they have here is they're looking at it not just as a blind person using a, a guide dog. It's a very uh, dystopian kind of look at life in general, and it's just through the lens of being visually impaired. And so I think they've got an advantage in that where it's not like they're just looking at one person. They're looking at a whole society. What would it be like? How would things shift and so forth? So I'm willing to give it a chance uh, with cautious optimism, as I always am with Apple. But uh, <laughs> right. We'll see. I mean, you know, to hear them talk about it, I don't know why they came up with this concept. So it, it makes me intrigued to be like, what were, what's their point? What's their sort of motivation? What's their message behind it? I'm sure it's not just about blindness. It's probably some sort of greater message that they're trying to deliver. So that will be interesting to kind of find out. Yeah, part of me, like you said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm interested because I want to see how it portrays people being blind, especially in this world where, like you said, everybody is blind, so it's just the norm. Are they going to portray that differently than how blind people truly are in our world, in the real world? Or are they going to make it like they're, you know, daredevil? You know, they all have superpowers. and They better not all be daredevil. I yeah. will scream at my television. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I mean, there could be some people who have, you know... Uh, maybe been able to acquire abilities not like daredevil but you know they they just really good at not seeing and i can understand that and i'll give them some leeway on that sure. if everybody is blind and that's the norm then my personal expectation is there may be just accommodations that those people have made you know over time just evolution wise where they are able to go through their daily lives doing things very simply, very easily. And, and just like we can, just like we do, and that's uh, obviously the message that you and I both put out in our respective uh, you know, media forms, but maybe doing it at a little bit of an advanced level. When you've got hundreds or maybe thousand years of nobody being able to see, I would hope that in a story kind of way, these people are really good at being blind, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, so I will give them some leeway when it comes to these blind people are really, really good at something, if sword fighting or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a curve there. However, yeah, it better not be a world full of everybody's like daredevil and has these amazing superpowers. That that would not be a good representation. So, so yeah, it remains to be seen what this is going to be and how they're going to portray people with visual impairment or blind people. And I, I am definitely interested. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, as I said. So we shall, well, see how, how this works out when it comes out in November. So really, Derek, that was everything that they talked about at the Apple event on September 10th. Really, to me, the things, honestly, the bigger stories, even than TV Plus and others, 
For me, it was the things they didn't talk about. Uh, they didn't talk about iOS 13 really at this event, other than to say that it will come out on September 19th, and then the new phones and hardware and everything will come out on September 20th. So that's good. And in iOS 13, I have been in the beta test for that. You can now change the gestures for voiceover. A lot of the commands, the the basic commands you can't change, like tap and double tap, but a lot of the other commands, you can actually set them to however you want them to be. There's other things that have never had a command or gesture associated to it. And you can now associate one to it if you want to. So later on, I will probably do a review of that when it goes live. Uh, there's other things you can do with voiceover now with iOS 13 as well, like set different routines or activities, kind of similar to how you can do routines on an Amazon Echo where multiple things happen at once, uh, like a cause and effect with voiceover. There's that as well. So a lot of those kind of things coming out in iOS 13, just the overall graphic upgrade and update to things like the mail app and notes and shortcuts and all the other stock apps of Apple. A lot of upgrades coming in iOS 13. But again, we'll, we'll talk more about that maybe in an upcoming episode of Life After Blindness. So that to me was a, a big unspoken. The other thing that I want to kind of wrap up on here, Derek, is a couple other things that were rumored that they were going to talk about and they didn't. And now the rumor is it might be something that they cover at another event that might be happening in October. And that's the rumors that Apple is going to do their own tracker or tile type device, something that's like a small disc or, or cube or triangle, rectangle, whatever it might be shaped like that can beep. So you can track it with, say, the Find My app on your phone and attach it to a bag or a backpack or a suitcase or your dog or your child, heck, I don't know, um, and, and have it beep so you can find something. And, and I love tiles and trackers for that reason, for people that are blind and visually impaired, because it's it's a nice thing to use to be able to find something, you know, find your keys, for instance, or whatever. So there was rumored that they were going to do that. There was also a last minute rumor that the long awaited rumored Apple glasses or AR glasses that they have been working on could have been announced as a one more thing at this event. And that wasn't brought up either. I, I'm very interested in both of these, especially the possibility of AR glasses. What, what do you think about that, Derek? Well, I do like the idea of the tile things. And I think those kinds of features, if if the company, any company builds that stuff into their ecosystem, things that are third-party devices, you won't need those anymore. Now, that's not really good for that third-party company, but <laughs> no. you know, it's nice that it all works together within your one ecosystem. So that'll be a really neat. Uh, I don't know if it's this huge marketable thing for everybody, but it will be a really nice benefit, especially if you're blind or visually impaired. And as far as the glasses go, uh, I don't know. Like, I I am interested to see what they will do, what they will have the capability of doing. Uh, can developers tap into it? How will they tap into it? What will the functionality be? I think there's, in my mind, there's so many questions left unanswered right now. It's hard for me to jump on board and be like, yeah, it's going to be great because of all the questions. So I'm I'm not sure um, about that. What What kind of things are you thinking and hoping for from these glasses? Well, the possibility of AR glasses really intrigues me because uh, I've been using the Bose AR frames uh, since I think April or May is when I purchased those. They don't have a camera, but they are augmented reality audio and they're fantastic. And you can get immersed in games or in real life locations, uh, music events that, that have been recorded in like a 360 degree sound, almost like binaural audio on steroids, really. And you can move your head around, move your body around, walk around, and the Bose AR frames put you right into what you're hearing. And if Apple does anything even close to that, and adds a camera to it, which is, which would be the expectation, be very similar to what Google has done in the past with Google Glass. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the possibilities of it because that kind of immersion into an app or a game, especially the audio stuff that you can do on Bose, if Apple can do that and, and do it even bigger and better as they always try to do, that intrigues me. Also, if a service like Ira, going back to them, if they could maybe be used with a, a type of an Apple AR glass uh, device, that would be fantastic because you could have your Apple AR glasses, tap into the Ira app, contact an agent, and you've got those frames or those glasses that you're using to talk to the agent. And I think that would be great. Or using it would be my eyes, even just the camera uh, being used in the glasses for be my eyes. I think that would be a benefit. 
but then, like I said, you know, just the gaming possibilities, the augmented reality for walking and maps and uh, getting directions, having those speakers in the arms of the glasses that you can hear in your ears, whether it's uh, some sort of bone conductivity uh, or bone conductive uh, technology or like the Bose frames where they just shoot the audio into your ears. I think that that's beneficial for the blind and visually impaired just by itself. But then just having that camera there at eye level, seeing what you would in theory see, I think has other benefits as well. Maybe using FaceTime uh, video with somebody you know, if you need help, or like I said, be my eyes or Ira, um, you know, a lot of other productivity apps, maps apps. I I'm just thinking that the benefits could be endless and the possibilities could be endless. But again, like you said, it's how much do they open that up to third-party developers? How much partnering do they do? How much do they do just on their own? So that that's something I'm very excited to see them do, even if they don't announce it until October or even next year. That's kind of the rumor is it'll be in 2020. Ha ha ha. Um, that they'll put out glasses. Yeah. Um, and if they do, that's great. And I'm, I'm just excited about the possibility based on other things I've used. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I think since air power, I wonder if Apple's like, oh, let's hold on with some of these things. Let's not announce things and then not have it come through. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they're a little more cautious. But it's one of those products that sounds really cool in theory and all the possibilities in theory. I just want to see the actual practical application of that theory. Uh, Apple exactly. can do it. I believe they can do it. I'd just be interested to see how they do it. Um because I think if they can do it well, I believe they can do it well. So if they do, yeah, that would be an awesome product with lots of different use cases. No, absolutely. And and like everything else we talked about, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because I know what the possibilities could be with a device like that, especially for people that are blind and visually impaired. There's so many possible implementations of technology like that for us. Uh, so yeah, I I'm really hoping that it's true that they're going to do an October event where they're going to announce some new things like that. Maybe, maybe some new Macs or MacBooks or who, who knows whatever else Apple's always full of surprises, but uh, you know, that is something that I'm definitely looking forward to. They also have a rumor out there saying that the very popular among the blind phone iPhone SE might get a refresh and maybe next year we'll see an SE2. We don't know if that's true or not, but that's an, again, another rumor that's hanging around out there. So I know a lot of people that that would be very welcome news too as well, because it's a much lower end budget type phone, inexpensive phone with some pretty good uh, hardware inside that, that could maybe help the budget. So again, that could be something really positive as well. But otherwise, Derek, that's really everything they talked about at this year's fall event uh, from Apple. Uh, any other final thoughts or anything else that you want to mention uh, about Apple's event this year? I, I think it's just interesting to see the way the company of Apple has changed over the years. You know, it was uh, for the longest time, it was a hardware company. The the I, Once the iPhone came out, it was all about the iPhone and the iPads, and it was a very much a hardware company. And now they're really starting to get into the services department of things. And so it'll be interesting to track Apple for the next two or three years to see how the company sort of changes, the culture changes, the way they present themselves changes. And, you know, it, because the reality is the iPhone is just not the flagship kind of thing anymore. I know that it's still a huge important thing. Lots of people have them and, and whatnot. But before it was, I mean, if you go back, you know, 10 years, it was iPhone and then other stuff. And now, you know, with the Apple Watch and the iPad and, you know, now these services that they're adding, it's fallen in line with other things. And not that that's a bad thing, but I think it's just really interesting to see how Apple is developing and changing and growing, I think, in many ways. Um, I think it's a positive thing. And for that, you know, with their prod, uh, with their prices dropping, with the uh, innovations of the services that they're offering along with their hardware, I think it's a really good step in the right direction. So I'm excited to see what they're doing. Yes, maybe the innovation of, um, you know, the iPhone isn't as huge as it once was but it's still a solid uh, device and all the other devices are solid and the price point's getting better. So I think, as I like to always try to do, put a positive spin on it. I do think there's some positive things, even if it's like, eh, this is not as good as it once was. You know, it's where Steve Jobs and all that <laughs> other sort of thing. Right. I still think it's a really uh, good products, good services. And for the blind and visually impaired, 
I just don't think you can beat it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on all of that. There may not be the big, huge, innovative things that they've had in the past each and every single year, despite the fact that they talked about there being innovation this year. Um, but that said, they are still strong products, and we are both Apple fanboys. So to all you Android people out there, yes, we are Apple fanboys coming from that perspective. But I do understand and appreciate that Android and TalkBack have come a long way as well. Derek, you and I were talking about this earlier in the day before we were recording for the show about how Android and TalkBack really have come quite a long way. So I will uh, be keeping my eyes on Android as well going forward because they need to stay competitive and they need to keep furthering that product uh, just like uh, Apple has done with voiceover and and their their Apple products. So all of it is good. We're in a really great time as far as technology goes for people that are blind and visually impaired. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of this stuff that's coming up. It's a good time to be blind. If there is such a thing, <laughs> yes, is it is absolutely a, <laughs> a good time to be blind. So you were talking about a positive spin, and that I know is one of the things you do very, very well. So uh, talk to me about places where people can go to hear more of Derek Daniel and your positivity. Well, uh, as uh, you had alluded to earlier, um, you know, we're trying to get the... Uh, stuff back up and going. We took a little break over the summer. I went and got a guide dog. And so I'm back with him now and uh, been doing some videos about that on my YouTube channel. And you can also hear the podcast there. And so basically, if you want to find me, I have my YouTube channel, my podcast, you can find me at lifeaftersightloss.com. And that has uh, my content. Uh, but yeah, if you find me on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and all that other good stuff so you can stay up to date. But uh, we're doing our best to ramp up the content creation once again, having my wife and I do the podcast together, talking about the guide dog, the upcoming iPhones and iOS 13 and all that stuff. So you can find me there at lifeaftersightloss.com. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. I recommend everybody check out everything that Derek is doing. Always such great content out there, great, insightful conversations that you have, and always full of positivity, always a great time listening to anything that you put out there. So definitely, please, everybody, check out lifeaftersightloss.com and everything that Derek's doing. So what were your thoughts about Apple's 2019 fall event? Visit lifeafterblindness.com to leave a comment. Also, if you'd like to send me an email, send those emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Labcast. That's L-A-B-C-A-S-T. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest this week, Derek Daniel from Life After Sight Loss. Make sure to check out everything that he's doing by visiting lifeaftersightloss.com. And once again, I'd like to thank all of you for joining me each and every week here on Life After Blindness. Remember that Life After Blindness is the blog and podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.